0: Uh, and we're here for another week on the porch mark hey kiddies
1: don't play on the tracks or maybe you should play on the tracks little darwin didn't <laughs> yeah, hurt out a little we're bit just waiting for the yeah. what the, the, the next uh, train here comes
0: 155 freighter yep, come by no but
1: here's the here's the uh, commuter uh, here comes the commuter train. i told you seven minutes uh barely a minute went by and then uh yeah but generally so, speaking...
0: So we don't even edit these things. I don't even edit these things. No, no, it's ambiance.
1: This is the adds to the life on the porch. Yeah, so we're you know.
0: not sitting in some studio. We're actually on a no, porch. No, no,
1: this is not... Yeah, that is not a... Uh, that is not a sound effect downloaded from some CD-ROM or some uh, cloud-based stuff. Uh, we
0: should uh, flip the camera around one of these times, so they because it could just be a sound effect we're putting in. It could to, be.
1: No, uh, we, I'm living it here. In. Believe me, I think that's why I'm the way I am. I haven't had a solid night's sleep in over 20 years because the trains keep coming by every two to three minutes. But you know, there are worse things in life. I mean, can't think of anything right now. But yeah, it, I'm sure there are worse things.
0: There's the one time I almost train, got train. Uh, our friend Dave killed by the train.
1: I, did, I do remember that. Uh, Dave and his books, and you ran across. We the, ran
0: across the tracks there on 26th Street. and uh, Yeah, he almost did make it. Yeah, and he, uh, he didn't want to do it. But he, he made it, and his books made it. And he brings up that story every once in a while.
1: Well, you know.
0: We could have deprived the world uh, of it. It's what
1: America. they call that a, a sentinel event in medical terms. Uh, you know, Dave's. Took that experience and said, you know, gosh darn, I'm going to study real hard in college so I never have to walk. <laughs> I can I can be, have a limo drive me, have a driver now, drive me across all were, train tracks. Were
0: you told that if you put pennies on the tracks to get them flattened, it would derail the train when you were a kid? Or
1: uh, No, I was told that you could put change on the tracks and it would flatten them. I don't remember the derailing of the train. I just remember getting a lot of pennies and nickels
0: flattened that way.
1: Uh yeah, no, I guess I was more of the, uh, yeah, if that were true, we'd have derailments like every day. Every train would be derailed by young boys putting pennies on the tracks. And
0: I remember doing a lot of uh, Cub Scout hikes along railway tracks and really? uh, picking up a lot of the old spikes. They'd, they'd replace a uh, tie and they'd just throw the spikes yeah. out and put new spikes in.
1: And what would you do with the old spikes, Jim?
0: Well, we'd carry them until they got really, really heavy and then we'd throw them away. So this is
1: like a stand-by-me, except without the dead, 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 dead guy at the end. Well, I, I got, as a guy who lives south of the tracks, i got to say, um there is heavily heavy use of railroad ties all around my property. Not by me. They were done prior to me getting here, but I probably had 30 or 40 railroad ties. And I had decks built with them and patios, all this stuff. And so you get this soaked railroad tie, soaked in creosote or whatever. And I have to dig them up, so all the landscaping around the house is r- railroad ties that I dredged up from around the property,
0: yeah. Yeah, when uh, we moved into our house, I was, you know, digging out for a garden and stuff, and I found flagstones. So instead of removing the old yep. they put a couple inches of dirt over the flagstones and planted grass.
1: Did you have, were they like nice flagstone or like, like of a consistent uh, thickness, or were they rando? 'Cause were, mine are totally random here. I got flagstone, but it goes from two inches to like ten inches thick.
0: Um and they were pretty consistent, about an inch and a half. Yeah, so inches. I had a
1: I had a railroad tied deck and under the railroad tied deck was the flagstone and then under that was just dirt. So yeah, by the time I dug that up it was instead of being like a foot high, I was like two feet in the rear. So I had a hole two feet deep. And railroad ties.
0: Well, they must have had about a uh, twenty foot by fifteen foot area, all flagstones, covered with about two inches of dirt. I
1: think. Well, they must have, flagstone must have been cheap, because I'm just trying to think of why. Yeah, but I guess also, if you want what you want, it'd be a lot of work to dig all that up, and then you'd have this big pile of rocks where you could just bury it, and be well, done with yeah, that, no, I guess. it. Yeah,
0: no, they probably just didn't want to get rid of it at that point, or just yeah. Well, it's
1: a hassle because once you get like when I. I had a sidewalk next to the house here, and I broke it all up in one day with a hand sledgehammer. It wasn't only four-footers. It was about a foot and a half. It took me six hours of cracking sidewalk tiles. I got them them cracked. took another week to get them up, and I had a pile four feet high by about three feet long. What do you do with them? Because when you put them in the dumpster, here's your explanation, Kitty. You can't fill a dumpster all the way to the top with that stuff. You can only fill the dumpster halfway. With concrete, because you uh, can't lift it. They can't lift it. Right. So, I said, dumpster, that sounds like money. So, if you look around the property, there's you know, a lot of our edge work here is done by busting up uh, sidewalk uh, concrete. Because that, too, between the railroad ties and the busted up concrete, I had plenty of building materials here. So, a lot of my rises, you know, as, as the landscape undulates around the property, it's done with uh, concrete chunks and railroad tie chunks. There a <laughs> lot of chunks around here in the...
0: So we're, we're sitting here yes. on the porch, and it's about 95 degrees right now.
1: It's a hot one. It's a, it'll, it'll put a so, leave a mark. So what you do,
0: do you do to keep cool?
1: I have cool thoughts. Uh, I actually, uh, they call it bohemian air conditioning. You would just go somewhere that's better air conditioned than your house, which at this point could be anywhere, and you stay there, or you steal somebody else's air conditioning, movie theater, mall.
0: Now, when I was a kid, we have, my parents' house does not have central air. I don't know about your parents' house
1: we did uh it was a monumental effort and it cost us a family vacation to do so but mom wanted it mom got it
0: well happy parents has got an air conditioner life. in your bedroom living room had an air conditioner kids room no air conditioner
1: whoa i'd take that little personally
0: yeah so i i don't know how we slept through those hot nights we had little windows in our bedroom <sighs> that were way up but yeah high we didn't we Facebook didn't have windows. yeah we
1: didn't have central air until exciting. like Seventy seven,
0: seventy
1: eight, yeah. But i I would just I would just opine that either we were younger and we didn't bother us as much, or the summers weren't as humid as they are now. Climate oh. change, whatever. Because I don't remember having summers like this where you just are dripping. Because I just remember running around the entire summer, and I don't know how we would. I guess when you're younger, you don't. You're less impervious to. Uh, I think that's. Or you're probably, more impervious yeah. to.
0: Or you're more Climate sensitive change. to it when you're older. Yeah,
1: yeah, that could be, because I, I don't remember anything like this, where you literally say, I don't feel a good beat I was out all the time. There was no, like, it's too hot to go out. You're out.
0: Yeah, you and we, out, we, out. Uh, we would put a pool up in our backyard most summers. Yeah. And there's also Surmac pool.
1: Yeah, we never had a pool. Hang on, it's another train, folks.
0: Another passenger
1: train. Another sound effect. This is the outbound uh, commuter line doing the milk run. It's going to stop here at Congress Park, two blocks down. and uh, But that's about the extent. That's a quick one. No, uh, we we had this lake that we would swim in out at our summer home. We never had a pool in the backyard. We had a hose. Yeah. And you would go out there and turn the Sprinklers. hose on yourself. Yeah. Run through the sprinkler. Um. But, yeah, I never recall like really wanting a pool or my god take me to the pool i must have just done better with the heat i don't know
0: i think i you know yeah. i remember some really hot days in grade school yeah. where we were you know they had all the windows cranked open and they you're just trying to yeah get through class and the teachers were dripping all over the place yeah but uh yeah i think i think as kids you you don't the heat doesn't bother you as much Because you haven't lived a life where you've lived in luxurious air conditioning. Well, yeah, that was it.
1: I mean, yeah, I think air conditioning changed, uh, was a game changer for the planet. Uh, You started living in places that humans had never lived before. They couldn't take it. Uh, I will, a little segue here to a travel story. Uh, I went uh, this this present time, now 10 years ago is when I started my world travel. I went to um, Nepal. I did three months in... Africa, seeing all the animals, get to Nepal, ran into this guy, gave me a tour. He takes me to uh, this place called Chitwan, where they have black rhinos. I, I had already seen all the animals, so I don't even know what I was doing there. It was a hellacious drive to get there. Anyway, the room they set me up with had air conditioning that I could not monitor. And I'm telling you, it was like 90, 95 outside. It was about 60 in that room. <laughs> I thought it was great. Head cable with the the remote so I could change the channel. I'm like, oh, baby, daddy's home for one night. Then I got a head cold. So nine months of travel, I had one night of air conditioning. Got a head cold. I've had them before. Not a big deal. Until the day I start my trek and I wake up and I'm deaf in my right ear. And I am like, okay, I got the internet. Uh, This can't be good. So I researched, and apparently I diagnosed myself with a clogged eustachian tube. Kind of what they call swimmer's ear, something like that. Okay, so you go there on hospitals. You can just walk right on up. They have like a clinic outside the hospital. I tried to explain ear clogged, and they came up with uh, earache, and they gave me the earache drops, which don't do anything for that. So then the um. We had orientation that day because we're going, we're leaving. I think we had like an extra day or something. And we orient one day, then the next day, like six in morning, you're on a bus. And so I tell my guy, I said, listen, I'm off for tr- hiking for a month up in the mountains. Got it. I'm deaf in one year because of this head cold. And the, um, the guy tells me, don't worry, I have a book. We can solve everything. I know, I know herbal medicine. You know, this will be great. So we hike along two more days up. Oh, now we're going up and the guy says, uh. So I'm really focused on this, and he's like, so how's the ear? And I said, still clogged. We really need to get on this. So again, he whips out his book, Earache. What to do if you have an earache? I said, no, I'm not in pain. I'm just deaf. Is this a problem for you? Yeah, because the last thing I remembered on the internet is if you don't cure it, it may become permanent. So I said, listen, in the whole scheme of things here, love to hike with you boys and girls, but I don't want to be deaf either. So, uh, and this is your, uh, lesson, kiddies. Get travel insurance when you go to bizarre places. So I had travel insurance. So you get this little card with a magical number. You get to a Landsat phone, call that number, and Amer- somebody with an English accent will pick up the phone. Hello, I am here to help you. What, what is your problem? So I explain it to him. I also explain him on the side of a mountain in Nepal, you know, going through the Annapurna, and he's like, okay. I can't cure you on the side of the mountain. You're going to need to come down off that mountain and get to the hospital. and We'll have a doctor check you in. So, not being one to counter any doctor's uh, advice, I start packing. And so, uh, you know, it was lunchtime. We're sitting at this little resort. We'd kind of stopped hiking for the day. And I said, uh, you know, so I saying goodbye to these guys I'd met for two or three days. And I said, you know, sorry, I got to go. Don't want to be deaf. Got to hike two more days going down. They're gonna sacrifice one of the guys to, to take me now, and uh, then this—the uh, only other American on the on the whole trip—just walks by like she's chasing butterflies or something. Oh yeah, I had one of those. Yeah, it got better. I got cured. Boop, just boop. What? What was that? So I chased her down. What did you mean? And she goes, "Well, yeah, I had this here. I, w- I went deaf just like you did. Clock a station tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah." So what'd you do? Well. I just waited it out. It was only two or three months. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's not a solution. So, of course, when in doubt, you ask a German. German's like, oh, clogged the station tube. Sounds like you need a course of antibiotics. Great. We as Americans can't get antibiotics to travel. But you can in Germany. So when in doubt, find a German. This chick cracks open her suitcase. She looked like a doctor killed there. 16 cases of antibiotics in there. 16 doses. She handed them out like they were chiclets. I was like, oh my god so she gave me I think it was five five days supply bing 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 day three all gone baby you can even feel it on day one you're like, oh my God so I took a chance kept hiking and four days later all my hearing came back and I was like, oh my God
0: that is freaky
1: only time that's ever happened and I now I would still even in America I would find a German I'd say what do you guys think you know give me good drugs Wow. So, yes, uh, beware of your hearing. Beware of uh, air conditioning in hot summer days. This is not a risk-free environment.
0: Well, now that we got into this health thing, you also had an interesting health issue with your uh, defibrillator on a trip, right? Climbing to the top of a mountain? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was in Nepal. and uh, uh, Not Nepal. um, Mongolia. And we had climbed uh, one, you know, second or third day, we're on a three-week deal. We're going to go out to this Eagle Festival, and we're climbing this dormant volcano. And I actually out-hiked the other people on the tour, so I was like, wow, Fat Man does good. And then uh, get the camera out, start posing for pictures at the top, and then, uh, yeah, the defibrillator goes off. And uh, knocks it literally reboots you to the ground. I still had the camera in my hand. I never lost consciousness, but it was definitely a shock to the system, as they say. And I got regulated uh, right there on the side of the mountain, and uh, that was a little upsetting uh, because I, <laughs> I there's supposed to be a manual apparently, but it, I don't even think the manual would have told you properly. Whoop, would have told you. that I un- unline myself? I'm gonna That's move okay. over I'm a little gonna, bit. There we go. I realign myself. Yeah, a little bit more. There, a little more. A little realignment. Uh yeah. So I would That's say that uh, basically. Uh, I was a little freaked out because I didn't know if this was the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. I didn't know. And so I grabbed this Italian guy and I said, listen, there's only six of us, you know. And I said, listen, do me a favor. We don't know each other yet. But uh, if you could just do a head count like every 20 minutes. And if you come up with five,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm the sixth guy and it means I'm dead. So good to know you. And just tell everybody you can, you know, when they come to investigate that he went out, you know, doing what he wanted to do. And so the guy's all freaked out. What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, well, the you know, there has been a problem noted here and it's not like he can exactly get to a hospital in the middle of Mongolia. So, and that too, thankfully only was a one time uh, shot. But if it's, if I was going to go, what a way to go. What a place to go. What a way to go. He climbed the mountain and then his heart blew up and killed him.
0: It would have been awesome. Now, it would have been now to... if you hadn't had the defibrillator, yes, would that have been it? Or would you just have been...
1: No, I think that might have been it. Because you. I had a, a regular... I had a, had a... I don't even know what the word tent was. I was out of sinus. Is that sound yeah. right? Yeah. I was out of sync to the point where, mathematically, I needed a, a reboot. And I was able to get one. I don't know if your body actually can reboot on it. I think it reboot it just has to come back on. It's kind of like when you see the the TV screen go boop it's a little dot and it's like the end of Sopranos just if you come back super well, duper. If,
0: if someone had been at uh, chest compressions, if there'd been someone there, they might have been able to bring you back. That might uh, that sometimes can re- well, it up.
1: True, true. But what's the next thing after chest compressions? Get to a dot yeah. Good luck. Yeah. These people have healing hands. That's what they go with. That they have, have no that medicine. That might have
0: actually worked. They could have maybe done some stones. That, well, I'm sure a lot whatever. of
1: people were going to lay hands on me, and I, I thankfully <laughs> did not need that. But uh, yes, I have heard hands tales of. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have heard tales that uh, you know people can die some something really simple like a twisted ankle could kill you out there.
0: Yeah, you if your friends are getting your body back. You go, where's the shoes, man? Where's his camera?
1: Yeah, gee, yay. So, I, I will say there is a pair of size 13 hiking boots that are in Mongolia. They literally walked away. I used them one time. Oh, no. And after the Eagle Festival, we went out to the way western Mongolia, which is uh, Kazakhstan, basically. We're hiking on this glacier. These are heavy-duty, wonderful, wonderful boots. Um, Get back. We're eating dinner. Of course, you take your boots off. Everybody's throwing gear everywhere. Next day, we're leaving. So... Were, were, you know, the boots for this whole, the, almost the entire trip, I'd used them one time. And the boots were in the back of the truck. I used them one day. And as we're pulling out, I remember that I didn't load my boots back into my bag. And another guy says, no, no, I saw them, and they're in the back of the Jeep. Well, he meant, like, yesterday. Oh, gosh. So we get to the next destination. I said, okay, where are those boots? Oh, yeah, they're not here. No, they were like two hundred dollar boots, so there's that. But I also needed a pair of boots because I was going to Patagonia to hike. So, luckily, my friends here in Chicago brought me another pair. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, I got the sense, generally speaking, that the he was the he was the park ranger that we stayed with in his Gur, a very tall man for Mongolian standards. <laughs> and if memory serves right, he looked like about a size thirteen in the shoe. Oh, so gosh. I'm not laying any bad, bed you know juju on this guy but i believe he saw paradise nice boots and he's wearing i hope he's wearing them right now keeping his little tootsies warm that that's all i can hope for
0: did you ever have any issues like uh with uh your papers going missing or credit cards or passport Yeah, i was
1: in bolivia like. i lost everything i blame it on the brits the british I don't, you know, I wish I had kept that bag, but I I jettisoned the bag. I had a very small little, like, day pack, and it was from a place called, uh, it was like a British equivalent to REI. And they had this crazy zipping, zippering system where you actually zip down to close something and zipped up to open it. Kind of like you think about a zipper on a pair of pants. If you zip down to close it and zip up to open, It runs counter to the way your brain is working, which is kind of Britain, right? Driving on the other side of the road, all that. So I was clearly, I was at this place called Valley of the Moon in La Paz, Bolivia, and I'm sure I zipped up and there went my passport, my uh, credit cards, wallet, cash, all of it gone. So you always kind of speculate what would you do if this were to happen to you and I had it happen to me. I was upset for about 10 minutes. And then the old, uh, Martian story, like that movie, The Martian, you got a math problem. You got to solve the problem. <laughs> so thankfully, kiddies, what you do is you bring an entire sheet full of passport pictures, copies of said things, and you need about 165 bucks cash and you need a copy of your existing passport. All you, this is all you keep
0: this stuff separate from your passport. Yes. So that you when you do lose you your passport. You just dump it, you just dump you it in your
1: backpack. That. No one will ever think to steal it. It has no value to anybody except if you lose your passport. Now, second miracle, and this is the miracle of the, if you if the miracle of the defibrillator in Mongolia was the miracle, this was the other miracle in life. Every other, I believe, every other country in the world, the US Embassy is in the capital. Every other country, except Bolivia. It's in La Paz, the capital of Bolivia, Sucre, about 300 miles away. So when I lost my passport in La Paz, I could literally walk to the U.S. Embassy. It was only about a mile away. Take a stroll there. I, you go online. You make an appointment. You say, I seem to have lost my passport. Could you help me? And she goes, you're going to need... I got it. You're good. You're going to money. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need a cop. Yep. You got it. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, it'll take you like four days to crank this passport out. It's temporary. And I said, fine. I'm just going to be doing some traveling in country. You don't need your passport to get on a bus. And she's like, you know, not really doing anything today. Come back in six hours. I got same (laughs) day service. The credit cards took about two days. So literally I went from zero to totally back up and running in three days. So again, and again, at no point was I ever like, Oh my God, I have no money. That wasn't the case at all because I had credit card, but I also had, uh, you know, cash station card. You don't keep those two together. Keep credit cards one place, cash station card somewhere else. So I was drawing cash. I had all the money in the world. It was great. Should always travel with US dollars too. Maybe like a couple thousand stuck in, uh, something or other. uh, Always carry cash.
0: We were in, as Argentina and uh, great they, sandwiches in Argentina they uh, they ones. had the official exchange rate yes and then and they then had the, black. the blue dollar exchange rate which was about 100% oh, higher oh for the hondos yeah no no this is any any american money oh okay so if you didn't go through the government if you went through the hotel or someone on yeah. the street they would exchange because they had such high inflation they yeah. wanted dollars and you could not convert your argentinian pesos to dollars whatever you bought Argentine yes. pesos in, in Argentina, you could not say at the those. Oh, I want these back in dollars because yeah. I'm going home. No, you had to spend it all. Yeah, you got to burn them.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was confused because the first time I went to the hotel, I go, hey, I need to exchange you know, a couple hundred dollars. And he gives me the yeah. money. I'm, I'm looking at him. Look, this is much higher than the exchange rate. And so I went to go look, see what the exchange rate had changed or something. And no, this article came up about the blue dollars. So, I, then I found out...
1: Wonder what, I guess, is it because the dollar, $100 bill is blue? Is that no, why they call them this blue? Is, uh, I don't know why they were Cause calling usually them it's blue a black dollars. market. They call them black dollars yeah, and all that. But this is blue, blue dollars. Whatever.
0: Okay. And I found that if you paid American dollars at the uh, little stands and stuff, you could get even better deals. People yeah. love the American yeah, dollars. Yeah, they want hard
1: currency. That's true. But
0: the, it was not... I guess it was not legal for the citizens to keep dollars. Correct. But they kept them anyways because... Their pesos were, were, were so high inflationary, they, yes. they were losing value on them. So that's what I w- we
1: did. I was in uh, Bolivia, uh, same trip. Some of my guys brought me my shoes uh, that I lost in Mongolia. They brought me another pair. of so boots. We went to Patagonia. And we crossed over from Chile into Argentina. And same kind of thing, but different. Argentinian ATMs do not accept credit cards with the smart chip. And everybody in America had just gone to the smart chip. So, literally, the machines would not take American credit cards. So, in a sense, we were kind of pooched. And the guy, because, you know, you only bring one or two credit cards, well, each one in America here for anti-theft or whatever, we all have the chip. So, the guys are freaking out, like, how are we going to get gas in the car to get out of here? So,
0: we're... Take the train, yeah. Take the train, yeah. Take this express train.
1: So, um, we're sitting at breakfast, going kind of going over options, and every kind of realized how pooched they are. And I said, "Give me five minutes. I'm going to go for a walk." So I walk over to the gas station because they got these very attentive gas station uh, guys, kind of like Jim when he worked at the gas station pumping <laughs> that ethanol. They were very energetic more so energetic than i've ever seen from a gas station attendant and i'm like what's going on here so i asked the guy i said listen if we can't use our credit cards to pay you know like what kind of options we got here and he's like what do you have and i said u.s dollar i can help you my friend i have a rate for you and because i travel with a secret stash of u.s dollars hundred dollar bills we were able to negotiate with the gas pump attendant. He gave me the rates. He converts all currency, not in the store, right there at the pump. Whatever you got, he's doing it right there. He He's like an arbitrager who also pumps gas. And I was like, whoa. And the guys are like, whoa. And I go, these gas station attendants kind of, they're the ones that know what's going on in town, right? Because they see people coming and going. I'm sure they, any military action, they pump up the, you know pump up the gas into the tanks or whatever and i said this guy's just they just they're like the local you know these we go to the coffee shops and find these old guys the gas stations down here are where all the actions are at so yeah so i pumped a couple i don't know I gave, we converted like 200 bucks for the guy because it wasn't just pay for gas he was doing straight up conversion so we, did, we took two or three hundred bucks and then i was like the bank but without that u.s dollar without those u.s crisp 100 dollar bills Nah, Wow. And so people were actually, at that point, this is uh, 2017, people were n- turning around from Argentina. They were, you know, travelers were not going because they were having so many problems getting currency. They Like the machine, like, literally, and they'd say, oh, your, your card would work and then there's no money in the ATM. Because whatever ATM they got to work, they took all the money out of it instantly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was crazy. That
0: what I I figured out very quickly was we had credit cards that worked in Argentina, but it was so much better to pay with U.S. dollars. Yeah, because you're getting stuff for basically you know figure out the sixty percent boost. Just like for that, yeah, for that time like period, 30, 40% yeah, percent cheaper. Yeah. than you'd be paying on the credit card. And I'm saying, well, this because I brought like I don't know two or three thousand in, in yeah. U.S. box hidden in uh, money belts. There you go. I had a money belt back then. Yeah, I think I,
1: I still have a money belt. I don't wear it. It's just, it, it's a nice way to roll up the currency. It comes in a little I'm knots. Scared but, to
0: death I was going to lose, you know, my belt or my back, where I keep the money? But it turned out to be a good uh, good idea.
1: Yeah, but the U.S. dollar, a lot of, a lot of you know, where the, we were in uh, another trip in Mongolia, and these French guys lost, like, $3,000. They got their whole backpack stolen with all their technology. God. And their money and their passports, right? So they, you know, the guys are screaming about losing three grand. The guy I was with is like, who'd be stupid enough to travel with $3,000 in cash? I'm like,
0: who me over <laughs> here?
1: Big, big fat guy. Yeah. And I just told him, I said, well, it's all dependent on how much money you got. Like how much, I guess it's all dependent on how much you can afford to lose. And well, I said, my life gets a lot easier with $3,000 in cash on me sit in some bank in America.
0: Yeah, and you have So to I carry it with $3,000 with You don't put it all in one place. Yeah. You split it up. You don't put it all in one pocket.
1: But it gives you options, especially in Mongolia. It gives you options that don't exist for other people. The, it's, it's like you, they talk about the U.S. passport being you know, like really, really good. I guess Japan is the best passport to have. The U.S. dollar is like, other than like a gold coin or something, but I don't even know what you do with a gold coin because it's not like you can exactly knock off a chunk of it and you know buy a sandwich with it um you know but yeah
0: you have to sell it for some dollars or whatever and then that's it yeah i I don't know like 2200 bucks or something yeah i have
1: no idea but yeah it's just it's so crazy to me that that people aren't getting on you know and i guess it it depends on how much money you got i guess i just heard from one of the guys i traveled with 11 or 10 years ago he just emailed me today i haven't heard from in nine and a half years he just emailed today He's in California. He's quit his jobs in Russia. He's like, yeah, what are you doing? I'm hanging out in Russia. Or hanging out in California. I'm traveling around. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So nice. once you do it, Jim, you lose your, your locus. Your, your, your focus of life gets shifted. I'm, I'm in a shift right now. I'd like to shift myself to another location. I don't mind being here and working really hard, but there's got to be a plan B. This can't be it. Waiting for the next train to come die. There's got to be more.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, it's probably a good place to end this because we are we're okey here. But uh, you know, I think uh, people could take away some good things with these travel tips, man. You know,
1: live well, people.
0: Travel with the Germans with the pills.
1: Mask up and right, mask up and get your shots, and then go crazy. Be safe out there, people. Hold the time.